If you've ever attended the traditional Latin Mass, and then you've celebrated the new Mass, the Novus Ordo Mise, which was put together, promulgated in 1969, went into effect in 1970, you honestly can't help but compare the two liturgies. There are some similarities, but they are very distinct. Perhaps the thing you notice right away is the difference in language the traditional Latin Mass is in, Latin, the Novus Ordo, Though it may retain Latin in certain places, usually it doesn't most times. It's in the vernacular. And then also, you'll notice that the priest faces the people over the altar at the Novus Ordo. Generally, there are some exceptions. Uh, and it's much more face-to-face. -face. It's much more communal. People who promoted the Novus Ordo Mass and like the Novus Ordo Mass actually say, I like it because it's more uh, communal more community-focused, more in a circle. The traditional Latin Mass, critics will say, is sort of transcendent. It's too focused on God. They say you're saying Mass to a wall, which is not correct. The priest is facing, in the Latin Mass, the crucifix, the tabernacle, and he's leading the people to Christ. Leading the people to Christ in the one sacrifice of Christ. Now, I was shocked, honestly, I was shocked when I read the words of Pope Paul VI in 1969 as he was beginning to roll out the new Mass. And some of the words that he uses for the new Mass, you would think what I'm about to read you right now was written by Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre. Here are some of the words before I read it. Nuisance, novelty, profane, banal prosaic, human. And he talks about pious souls being disturbed, priests having annoyance, all with regard to the new mass. I thought, is this legit? Is this real? And it is real. I'm going to read you the whole thing, or at least not, not the whole general audience, but the whole section on the new mass. It's from November 26, 1969. Are you ready to get started? Good. Me too. Before we do, please do me the great favor, I would appreciate it. Thanks a million if you give this video a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs up. And then secondly, share it on Facebook or Twitter. And then if you're new, I invite you to subscribe where we talk about Catholic history, philosophy, theology, uh, biblical studies, all those kind of things here on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. So subscribe, hit the bell. You can do that in the corner of your video. And when you hit the bell, you'll bell. You'll be notified when I go live. Okay, let's go ahead and read this. Oh, first we should pray. Let's pray the Our Father together. Oremus nomini Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, secut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et emite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimittimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. Nomini Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. For those of you joining us, we are talking about the words of Pope Paul VI in 1969, describing the new Mass as a nuisance, a novelty, banal, prosaic, human, all from the mouth of the man who promulgated it who published, who pushed it out into the church. So that's what we're going to be reading today and discussing today. 
And just a bit of background on this. So in 19, well, in 1951, Pius XII began to reform Holy Week. That went from 1951 to 55. Then they started simplifying the rubrics and the calendar and removing saints and changing things in the liturgical cycle. That was happening 59, 60, 61, 62. That's why you'll see differences in your 1962 Latin Mass Missal. And if you compare it to a 1945 Missal, like your Father Lassant, like your St. Andrews, etc. And then in 1965, they cut off Prayers at the Foot of the Altar, Last Gospel, started simplifying, and then they rolled out the new Mass, the Novus Ordo Mass, 1969-1970. There was an intervention called the Ottaviani intervention in 1969, a short theological, not short, substantial uh, work, essay, was composed by those in a circle around Cardinal Tapiani. Uh, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre was involved, um, Father uh, Gerard de Laurier, um, is, who is someone I mentioned and talked about in my book, Infiltration, which I highly recommend if you want to learn why our church is in such a mess financially and liturgically and, and all kinds of things. I, I encourage you to check out that book. But Gerard Delorier is rumored to be the primary ghost author or author of that work. He goes on to work with um, Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre and then becomes a leader uh, in the Sede Contest movement with his Casiciacum thesis, which people have been sending me. And yes, I'm, I'm reading it. Um, so all that was happening, and Pius the, I'm sorry, Paul the Sixth was experiencing some pushback. People saying, not only do we not like the, the new mass, we think that the new mass has theological problems with it. It's moving in a direction that is Protestant. It's embracing things that are perhaps contrary or if not contrary, smacking of Protestantism and of Protestant ideals in the liturgy. For example, just a random one here, removing the saints from the canon. It's an option in the Novus Ordo. If you want to just take out saints, you can take out saints. Guess who likes to do that? Protestants. Communion in the hand. Who mandated communion in the hand? Martin Luther did. John Calvin did. Ulrich Zwingli did. Uh, Martin Bucer did. Uh, who else uh, Archbishop Cranmer in England, in the Anglican Church, they all mandated communion in the hand. They ripped out altar rails. They broke up marble altars and they put wood tables away from the wall. These were all things that the Protestant reformers did. So there was pushback on Paul VI. There were some last minute changes that were made. But when I read this, which I'm, what I'm about to read to you, this is Paul VI in a way answering the objections but Paul, oddly, strangely, affirms so many of the objections to the Novus Ordo Mass. Let's get to it. Let's read it. This is the general audience of Paul VI, November 26, 1969. And this is Paul VI. All right, Paul VI, the Pope who ended, who oversaw, and then brought Vatican II, promulgated the documents, changed all seven sacraments, including the Mass. 
Here's what Paul VI says. Quote, A new rite of the Mass, a change in a venerable tradition that has gone on for centuries. This is something that affects our hereditary religious patrimony, which seemed to enjoy the privilege of being untouchable and settled. Okay, pause. I'm going to have to pause throughout. He says, you know, it seemed that our liturgical heritage, our patrimony was untouchable. It seemed to enjoy the privilege of being untouchable and settled. He goes on to say, it seemed to bring the prayer of our forefathers and our saints to our lips and to give us the comfort of feeling faithful to our spiritual past, which we kept alive to pass on to the generations ahead. We shall become aware, perhaps, with some feeling of annoyance that the ceremonies at the altar are no longer being carried out with the same words and gestures to which we were accustomed, perhaps so much accustomed that we no longer took any notice of them. I'm going to pause here. He says, not only did it seem that our patrimony in the liturgy was untouchable, he says, it seemed to bring the prayer of our forefathers and saints to our lips and to give us comfort. Yes, Paul VI. Yes, the reason I go to the traditional Latin Mass is because the same prayers of St. Ambrose and St. Damasus and Gregory the Great and Thomas Aquinas and Bonaventure and Pius V and Pius X and the Little Flower all the same prayers are in my lips and in my heart and on my mind. Not the new ones that were created in 1960, but the old, the original ones. Yes, there has been developments. The Roman Missal didn't drop out of heaven. But that development was canonized carefully by popes and saints over centuries like a diamond i know we have lab grown diamonds now but that's not the same thing a real diamond takes a long time a lot of pressure a lot of gravitas to form that diamond and then he says that there's some annoyance a feeling of annoyance Paul VI says that the ceremonies at the altar are no longer being carried out with the same words and gestures. This proves, my friends, Paul VI, the Pope who gave you the Novus Ordo, explicitly tells you right here. Did I lose you? I slapped my keyboard. Okay, right here that the Novus Ordo and the traditional Latin Mass are different. He says the Novus Ordo has different ceremonies different words, and different gestures. It is a different rite. He goes on to say, listen to this. Now he talks about priests, Paul VI. For those of you joining us, we're talking about Pope Paul VI and his, what I I can only take as pejorative statements about his own Novus Ordo. He goes on to say, Paul VI, we must prepare for this many-sided inconvenience. Wait a second, Paul VI. The the new mass is an inconvenience. He says, Paul VI, it is the kind 
of upset caused by every novelty that breaks in on our habits. We shall notice that the pious persons are disturbed most because they have their own respectable way of hearing Mass and they will feel shaken out of their usual thoughts and obliged to follow those of others. End quote. Pope Paul VI, when he gave you the Novus Ordo, he knew, he called it a novelty, and he said, pious persons are disturbed the most. He said that. The pious people, the people dutifully hearing Mass, the people dutifully raising their families in the Catholic faith, living sacrificial lives, who's going to be the most bothered by the new Mass? Paul VI told you before it even came out. The pious people are most disturbed, disturbed by the new Mass. Now here he talks about the priests. Even priests may feel some annoyance in this respect. This novelty is no small thing. Again, he uses the word novelty. We should not let ourselves be surprised by the nature or even the nuisance of its exterior forms. Time out. Pause. Paul VI says priests will feel annoyance at the new Mass. So basically, Paul VI is telling me, telling you, or telling people in 1969, the most pious people in the church, they're going to be disturbed. The priests are going to be annoyed by this, what he calls, novelty. Now, I can hear some people saying, hey, you shouldn't call the new Mass a novelty, a nuisance, an inconvenience, um, disturbing. It's not me. You know, Taylor Marshall is not on a podcast today saying all these things. I am reading you word for word a translation of what Paul VI said in 1969. It gets, it's going to get even more extreme here in a little bit. He's saying that we are removing ourselves from our patrimony, our liturgical patrimony. We're removing ourselves from the words and the gestures and the ceremonies of the saints and our forefathers. He's saying it's going to disturb the pious and it's going to annoy the priests. And he says it's exterior forms of the Novus Ordo, he says, are the nuisance. Paul VI then says, as intelligent persons and conscientious faithful, we should find out as much as we can about this innovation. Really, Paul VI, the lay people, the coal miners up in Pittsburgh and the farmers out in the Midwest and uh, the French and, and the people in the Philippines, we all need, because you're changing the mass, we all need to find out as much as possible about this innovation. He calls it innovation. Why? Was the old mass broken? Was the old liturgy for baptism and confirmation not good enough? Did it break along the way? Was it not relevant anymore? Were the ordination rites broken and needed to be updated? Did extreme unction need to be revised? Why, Paul VI? Why the innovations? Why a new liturgy of the hours? Last section, Pope Paul VI. 
Here's where he talks about profane intruders. Hmm. Hmm, Paul VI. Hmm. By the way, I'm reading from the Catholic Illustrated newspaper. Someone bought me a, a subscription. Thank you. You know who you are. And I enjoy reading it. Uh, this is the general audience of November 26, 1969 by Pope Paul VI on the New Mass. Paul VI says, quote, It is here that the greatest newness is going to be noticed, the newness of language. No longer Latin, but the spoken language will be the principal language of the Mass. The introduction of the vernacular will certainly be a great sacrifice for those who know the beauty the power in the expressive sacrality of Latin. Pause. Whoa, Paul VI. You just, remember, everybody says, yeah, Vatican II, Sacrosanctum Concilium. It said Latin needs to be retained. Everybody says, it says that there. Yeah, Paul VI just told you what's up. He says, no longer Latin. That was the will of Paul VI. They wanted vernacular, and he says it right here. Yeah, but Taylor, I mean, Vatican II and Sacrosanctum Concilium. Okay, you can say that all day. But the Pope who issued the Novus Ordo Mass is telling you right here in the year he gave you the new Mass. No longer Latin, but the spoken language will be the principal language of the Mass. The introduction of the vernacular will certainly be a great sacrifice for those who know the beauty, the power, and the expressive sacrality of Latin. By the way, Paul VI just told you that Latin has a beauty, a power, and an expressive sacrality. All the time, people in my comments here on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast, yeah, but Taylor... Latin is not any, it's not special. You think God hears Latin more than Spanish or no, God hears all languages. We all know that. The reason Latin is used is because it protects the doctrine as a language that no longer morphs and develops. It protects the prayers. It's like a windshield that protects, a force field that protects the liturgy and the dogma. That's why Latin is still the official language of the church. And it's one of the three languages on the cross of Jesus. When it said Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, Hebrew, Greek, Latin. The body of Christ was nailed to the cross. That title was nailed to the cross with him. That cross was the altar. And what's on the altar? The body, the blood, the soul, divinity of Jesus Christ, and those three languages with the identity of the Savior. So it's Paul VI saying that Latin is sacral, that it's beautiful, and that it's powerful. Paul VI. Then Paul VI says, We are parting with the speech of Christian centuries. We are becoming like profane intruders in the literary preserve of sacred utterance. So everyone, and I understand, look, it's hard. 
to navigate being a Catholic today, being a traditional Catholic, the questions of how can real popes do such things? How can a real council do such thing? And if you say, if you just become a set of a contest and you say Vatican II is in a real council and the popes weren't real popes at that time. Okay, there's other big questions. Why is it that every single bishop on earth, every one of them, went along? Even Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre signed the final decrees. It's a great mystery that I don't understand. I don't think there's a clear un a clear answer. If you think there is, leave a comment. Leave something in the live chat. I'd love to be to be uh, catechized on the way in the the way uh, forward on all of this. But I understand the temptation to say, yeah, yeah, but but sacrosanctum concilium, but sacrosanctum concilium. Look, Bugnini, Annabelle Bugnini, and Paul VI, they already had a plan. He said, we are parting with the speech of Christian centuries. Parting with it. Adios, hasta la vista. Latin. We're parting with Latin. He's saying that here. People I see in the live chat are saying infiltration. Yes, look, I wrote the book Infiltration. It's a diagnosis and it's a history. In the end, I give possible solutions and what I think is the best solution moving forward. I still think that. I haven't changed my opinion. Uh, there are solutions at the back of infiltration. But this book is the history. It's the symptoms. It's the origin and it's the symptoms of how this happened. But it doesn't unlock. That's why I'm always surprised when people say, Taylor Marshall is a conspiracy theorist. Look, I didn't put together a conspiracy theory. I just lined out historical facts and sewed them together with a thread. They're there. They're there. I've never claimed to have the absolute meta narrative that solves it all, resolves it, and puts us on the right path. I wish I did. Pray God I wish I did. So, Paul's saying, hasta la vista. Here's a good question coming in here on a super chat. Christina Camping. Oh, uh, Lefebvre didn't sign all the decrees. Um, his name allegedly is on Dignitatis Humanae. Let me get back on here. Christina Camping. Uh, why are Catholics almost forced to go to an inferior mass? That's my question. That's my question. If Paul VI says um, that this is parting with our patrimony, it's no longer the words, gestures, and ceremonies of the saints, if it's disturbing to pious souls, if it's an annoyance to priests, um, if its exterior forms are a nuisance, if it's called an innovation, if the beauty, power, and sacral uh, sacrality of Latin is taken away. Why are we being forced to take the inferior version? It is my belief that you're not required. I'm just a dad on a webcam. I don't believe that I have to get permission from anybody. As long as I'm a Catholic in good standing and I 
no, don't have mortal sin and I've kept the Eucharistic fast, I don't need permission from anyone to attend the traditional Latin Mass. I'm a believer in Quo Primum. I know some people think that's overly simplistic, but Quo Primum says that is the Mass and that is the Holy Week. All right, good question. I don't think we're required to. Here we go. Oh, also I didn't touch. Paul VI says, we are becoming like profane intruders into the literary preserve of sacred utterance. Paul VI, you're supposed to be the Pope, the Vicar of Christ, the successor of St. Peter, the strengthener of faith for all the brethren. The Supreme Pontiff. Why, when you're giving this inferior novel mass, why are you saying we are becoming like profane intruders? A Pope, as a Pope, we shouldn't be a profane intruder. He goes on. We will lose a great part of that stupendous and incomparable artistic and spiritual thing, the Gregorian chant. Everybody always says, yeah, but Thacro Sanctum Concilium said Gregorian chants to be retained. I know it did, but Paul VI said it's not going to be retained. That's your problem. That's your problem. Pope Paul VI says that Gregorian chant is going to be lost. And he calls it an incomparable artistic and spiritual thing, the Gregorian chant. Well, why? Holy Father, Paul VI, are you hitting the delete button on Gregorian chant? He says, we will lose a great part of that stupendous, incomparable artistic and spiritual thing the Gregorian chant. He said this before the Novus Ordo even reached your local parish. It was already decided. Latin, we're parting ways. Gregorian chant, eh, delete. Disturbing the most pious souls, annoying the priests. I mean, this is a confession of Paul VI. And I haven't said, people always ask, why don't you say St. Paul VI? Because in my conscience, I can't do it. Maybe I need a Jesuit to accompany me on that path of dialogue. Last, uh, last paragraph here. We have reason indeed for regret, reason almost for bewilderment. What can we put in the place of that language of angels? Paul VI says bewilderment, regret. He calls Latin the language of angels. I'm going to start calling Latin the language of angels. And people are going to say, you can't do that. It's not the Latin. It's not the language of angels. I'll say, well, Paul VI, he said that.
Paul VI, we are giving up something of priceless worth. Paul VI, would you empty out the Vatican Museum's priceless treasures in the... No. But when it comes to the Latin Mass, the liturgy, Gregorian chant, Latin in the liturgy, you call it priceless. And yet, you're parting ways with it. Bye-bye, tradition. Bye-bye, Gregorian chant. Bye-bye, Roman patrimony. Bye-bye, words, ceremonies, and gestures of the great saints and our forefathers. I want to say hello. Welcome. We want you back. Gregorian chant, Latin, traditional Latin mass, prayers, gestures of our saints and forefathers. Let's get it back. Let's get it back. So he says, we are giving up something of priceless worth. But why? Paul VI says, but why? What is more precious than these loftiest of our church's values? The answer will seem banal, prosaic. Yet it is a good answer because it is human, because it is apostolic. What? What, Paul VI? People are saying, what are you reading from? I'm reading from the general audience of Paul VI on November 26, 1969. This is Paul VI announcing the Novus Ordo Mass to the world. This is Paul VI who oversaw Vatican II, Paul VI who took off the papal tiara, Paul VI who changed all seven sacraments, and Paul VI that gave you the Novus Ordo. And he's saying that the new Mass is a nuisance, a novelty, an innovation that it disturbs the pious, annoys the priests, changes the gestures and the words and the prayers. It's not me. It's not Marcel Lefebvre. It's not Michael Davies. It's the man himself, Paul VI, saying this. If you're finding this episode informative, please give it a like and share. I appreciate it. And he says, I mean, it's just so puzzling. We're giving up something of price, priceless worth. Why? What is more precious than the loftiest of our church's values? He's calling this the loftiest of our church's values, and we're giving it up. What if I had the loftiest of the Marshall family's values, and I had a big meeting with all the Marshalls? I said, here's... The the loftiest values of our family, and we're giving them up. Bye-bye. What kind of patriarch or father would I be? I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. But I don't like it. See, we can see the problems I just don't have the solution on how we get back. Now, part of the solutions are always pray the rosary, find a traditional Latin mass, 
become a saint, go to confession every two to four weeks, um, do the Angelus or during uh, Eastertide, the uh, uh, Regina Chaley, um, do the traditional devotions, read the Catechism and the Council of Trent, read the Baltimore Catechism, read the Dewey Rames uh, Bible translation every single day, get yourself a Father Lassant's Missal. I mean, these are the things that we do as lay people. But, you know, as we've been talking, actually I'm doing a show on Archbishop Vigano on Monday. He says we need to abolish the Novus Ordo. And I talk about, should we do that? And how would we do that? As you know, I interviewed Bishop Athanasius Schneider and I asked him how we would do that. And he gave a plan on how to do that. I'd encourage you to go back on YouTube or in my podcast and look at my last. I've done several interviews with Bishop Schneider. Look at the most recent one. He and I discuss how it would be that the traditional Latin mass would be rolled back to all churches on earth. All right. So, yeah, he says the answer will seem banal and prosaic. And I have to agree, Paul VI, your answer is banal and prosaic. Your answer is because it's human. What? You're getting rid of the Latin Mass and you're getting rid of Gregorian chant. You're getting rid of Latin and our entire liturgical patrimony. And the answer, you say, is going to be banal and prosaic. And surprise, surprise, it is. You say because it's human. Because it's apostolic. Why would we give up the loftiest of our church's values just to be more human? And is it even more human? I don't think it is. It's artificial. It's pedestrian. Or let's just use the words that you use, Paul VI, again, it seemed untouchable. It disturbs the pious. It is no longer the words, gestures, and ceremonies of the saints. Pious persons are disturbed. Priests feel annoyance in this respect. The exterior forms of the Novus Order are a nuisance, says Paul VI. Again, this is not Archbishop Lefebvre or Trad. This is Paul VI saying this. He says it's an innovation. He says that we will part ways with the Latin language. He says that Latin has beauty, power, and sacrality, and yet we're going to get rid of it. He says that we are going to part ways with the incomparable, artistic, and spiritual thing called Gregorian chant. He says it leads to regret and bewilderment. His words. And then he says, why are we giving up the loftiest of our church's values? His words. He says, the answer will sound banal and prosaic, but it's because it is human. It is apostolic, end quote. Well, to be truly human is to be conformed to Jesus Christ perfectly. That's called being a saint. In this life, we commit what we're conceived with original sin. And along the way, we commit venial and so help us God, mortal sins in this life. We have to receive the sacraments with faith, hope, and charity. 
and to receive forgiveness. And then we have to strive to enter the narrow way. That striving, that process. And do we fail? Do I fail? Do you fail? Yes. That's why we have the sacrament of penance. That's why we have indulgences. That's why we have disciplines and fasting and abstinence and all these things to train us like an athlete to become purified, to become a saint. I don't want to attend an inferior liturgy. I don't want my kids to attend an inferior liturgy. I want to have the best. If possible, I want to have the best. And I think y'all do too. I think y'all do too. So let's pray for a, rest a restoration of the traditional Latin Mass. Let's pray for a restoration of order in the Vatican. Holy Popes, Holy Cardinals, Holy Bishops, and Holy Lay People. That's got to be you and me. That's got to be you and me. And by the way, I'm not holding myself up as a holy example. I'm a sinner. I make mistakes. I make factual mistakes. Even here on YouTube, I have to correct myself sometimes. Not too often, but it happens. I got to be honest with you when I make a mistake. I sin. I have to go to confession. We're on a team. When I say that, I don't mean like you're going to have, you're going to hell, I'm going to hell. No, no. We're on a team. What does a team do? You ever played team sports? I think the people who, when I say pray the rosary, not on a team, these are people who didn't play team sports. Because when you're on a team, you're in it to win it together. You know, there's, there's not like, I hate you over on second base. No, you need second base to work well with first base and shortstop. If you're going to turn double plays, we want to turn spiritual double plays, right? We need each other. Like, you got to have a team. All right. Well, if you want to read it yourself, you can go to the general audience of Paul VI, November 26, 1969. I think it's it might be the first Sunday of Advent that year, and he's announcing the Novus Ordo and, and uh, basically being prophetic. Basically being prophetic. I'm sorry for these auras of light that are happening. My uh, tree branch is, there's a big wind outside and it's uh, moving back and forth and the, the sunlight keeps hitting and reflecting off the lens there. So it's not an effect, it's just, just happening. There it is. Uh, again, if you like this video, give it a thumbs up. Share it on Facebook or Twitter. Subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and hit that bell. I appreciate everyone who does that. I also appreciate everyone who supports on Patreon. I will be giving away another Seraphim Rosary uh, and a, for Pentecost, which is coming up now in two weeks. Yeah, it's coming up on us quick. So um, if you're a Patreon, you can get signed books. There's all kinds of levels, online courses with me, but you'll also be in the drawing to win these beautiful, beautiful, heavy-duty, hand-casted, handmade Seraphim Rosaries. So go over to patreon.com forward slash drtaylormarshall and uh, sign up and become a patron there. I appreciate it, and I will thank you. So thanks to all supporters. All right, and we'll end with a Hail Mary for the restoration of our patrimony. Oremus nomini patris et pidi, spiritus sancti, amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. 
benedicta tu in molieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus, Sancta Maria Mater Dei, or pranobis peccatoribus, nunc et etor mortis nostre. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right, friends, remember our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and God speed.